Farina? Farina? Together, let us explore the stars. T-minus 25 seconds and counting, and Apollo 13 is go. Five, four, three, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Godspeed, John Glenn. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth. Something's wrong. I'm telling you, it's impossible. This isn't happening. Together, let us explore the stars. think I'm different, but I've got the same problems everyone has. Just because I'm on a starship traveling at the speed of light doesn't mean my feelings can't be hurt. I still get hungry, bored, I lust like any other man. I'll say. And when a bell rings, I jump. I don't much like uncertainty, and I have to clip my toenails every so often. I, I want my life to have a purpose. You're nattering, dear. This is about us, so go ahead and tell them. Yes. My imaginary wife and I are much happier these days, thank you. We've come through some tough times, and we're still together, so far. But we still have a way to go. Exactly how long, I'm not sure. When you attempt to exceed 299,792.46 kilometers per second, here and there are only probabilities. Relative to you, I am no place. I do not exist. Of course you do. 
<laughs> I'm the one who's imaginary. <laughs> I used to think she was an hallucination. My sweet imaginary wife. Proof that I'd gone mad. Not anymore. If I ask her whether she exists, she just laughs. <laughs> I like this about her. We often laugh together. She keeps changing, though. I'm never quite sure who she is. Isn't that right, Isabel? As you wish. Or is it Jennifer? All right. Maya? Why not? Oh, mother. Poor lost little boy. You see what I have to put up with? Actually, I'm afraid she aspires to reality. I had a real wife once, but it wasn't the same. You're an artist. She didn't understand you. I don't want to paint too rosy a picture. But like any couple, we have our ups and downs. But then again, down and up are relative terms which vary with the inertial frame of the observer. Einstein warned that C is the ultimate speed limit. C, you know, the speed of light propagated in a vacuum, as in E equals M C squared. Anyway, it's the absolute. Exceed it, and you pass out of the universe of logic. The chicken comes before the egg, comes after the chicken, and all at once, it's a mess. Meanwhile, time is looping around you like a boa. And the math is beyond me. Of course, logic and causality are hardwired into our brains. It makes for some awkward moments. Not for me. I love it here. With you. I was a hero when I began this grand voyage of discovery, like Columbus. In his time, the world was flat. People believed that if you sailed too far in any one direction, you would fall off the planet. Now, my imaginary wife. Go ahead, say it. Say what? <laughs> my name, dear. Ah. My imaginary wife Judith here informs me that we have sailed off the edge of reality. Perhaps that explains our predicament. Predicament, opportunity. Nobody has ever had a chance to invent themselves like this. So anyway, some scientists came up with a way to trick reality, bend the laws of the universe. They said maybe we could go faster than the speed of light. Maybe. Only about eight people in the world understood their theory, and even they weren't saying what would happen if someone did exceed C. No, it wouldn't do to speculate about what lay beyond the absolute. Oh no, not scientific. Of course, there was extensive testing before any humans were put at risk. Life support nominal. Guidance nominal. And the computer, unburdened by imagination, functioned exactly as expected. The design team accelerated an entire menagerie: rats and dogs and pigs and chimps. They all came back. The ones that weren't immediately dissected lived long and uneventful lives. So I suppose there's hope for me. For us, you mean? What he hasn't told you yet is that it wasn't just him. He's embarrassed, but it's not his fault. There were 51 people on this ship, crew and colonists. His real wife was one of them. Her name was Verena. I remember once Verena made a joke about it. She said that science ended at sea. And、the other side was fiction, <laughs> and that would make us science fiction, my dear. I don't want to be science fiction. I want to be a romance. We could call it Dream Song of the Starship, or maybe Star Song of the Dream Ship. I don't know what happened to the others. 
All I can say is that when the ship warped, I blacked out. I have my theories. Perhaps there was a malfunction. I could be dead, and this is hell. Maybe the others had reasons for stranding me here. Maybe they had no choice. When I woke up, there was no one else but Vera here, and she's imaginary. Fictitious, but delicious. Unreal, unsubstantial, and untrue. Untrue? I'm true to you, but no one else. I have no idea how to save myself, or indeed if I even need saving. My grasp of the technology that surrounds me is uncertain at best. Oh, I sat through hours of classes, but all those equations bounced off me. Oh, you see, most of us were specialists. Aside from the crew, there were programmers, biologists, engineers, doctors, geologists, builders. Only the least important jobs went to people with multiple skills. I'm down on the organization charts as nutrition stylist. And I'm also in a box labeled mission artist. Corporations pledged money. School children sold candles. And the arts lobby worked very hard to create a place for me on the roster. Yes? Good evening, sir. I'm sorry to disturb you, but I'm canvassing this arcology for people who might be interested in supporting the Artist to the Stars program. Stars? What stars? The stars in space, sir. We're trying to get the government to include an artist among the crew of that new starship. Haven't we got enough problems right here in the solar system without wasting taxpayer money sending playwrights to Alpha Bloody Centauri? Of course, it didn't hurt my cause to be married to a civil engineer. My specialty has always been dabbling. I spent a lot of time in front of my image processor. Too bad I could never afford that chromolux. It says on my resume that I throw pots. Only I haven't spun a wheel since we launched, and who knows if there'll be clay where I'm going. I used to write for the voice synthesizer. And I can even pluck a few chords on the guitar. The problem is the acoustics here are awful. And when I was 15, my sister and I were finalists in the New Jersey Junior Partners Tap Festival. Who am I going to dance with now? Me. Hey, remember me? So now I style food. After I got into the Starship program, they sent me on a world tour of cooking schools. Budapest, Delhi, Paris. More dabbling. You know, I used to hate to cook. Now dinner is all that matters. Uh, what's the point of doing art when you have no audience? You've captured some beautiful video. Your stills were hanging in galleries. Oh, they were on late at night on back channels. All right, I'm better than some, but not as good as others. A journeyman. <laughs> that sums up my condition nicely. My condition. Should I describe a typical day? Dear, nothing about us is typical. Come to bed, then. But then the notion of today is another fiction. You mean this isn't today? For now, let it be. You see, the laws of science do not distinguish between past and future. Here, the arrow of time spins at random, uh, as in a child's game. I'm never sure whether I fall asleep, whether I'm going to wake up tomorrow or yesterday. Fortunately, the days are very similar. 
For the purposes of sanity, I try to keep them that way. Whose sanity? Not mine. Artists make patterns. We impose order even where there is none. Maybe that's why I'm still here and the others are gone. So this is what happens today. And will happen again tomorrow. Just as it happened last Monday. I thought you did away with Mondays, dear. You said we didn't need them anymore. Today, then. She snuggles next to me as I wake up. Her warm breasts nudge my back. Her breath tickles my neck. I roll over and we kiss. Her hair is the color of newly fired terracotta. When she opens her eyes, they're green. And she has wide shoulders and I can see unexpected muscle beneath her pale skin. She can appear to be any woman I can imagine. But today she is large, magnificent. There's a kind of music to her voice. She talks. I hear bells. She's not perfect, though. The skin under her jaw is loose. There's a mole on her temple. <laughs> Clever touches. Another time she may be petite. She could have big hips, long fingers. I think the reason she keeps changing is that, like so many women, she has a poor body image. She's far too critical of her appearance. But no matter how she looks, she can't help but become herself. Does that scare you? No. Should it? We make love. That shouldn't surprise you. Our sex mostly happens between the ears, not between the thighs. And sometimes I lose myself and skip ahead a couple of years to find out caressing a different body. But today, she remains the same. It's what we both want. I take pleasure from the way her lips part, bloom on her cheeks. At the end, a moan catches for a moment in her throat, and then she draws breath again. biggest problem with our marriage. I love her even though she wants to separate from me. I do not. <laughs> Take that back or I'll tickle you. I'm not ticklish. Stop. <laughs> okay. She wants to go her own way. I'm hungry. Time for some breakfast. There's French toast and orange juice and coffee, as always. Are you coming? Yes, dear. Just once, I'd like to serve her breakfast in bed, but she doesn't eat. The high price of being imaginary. She watches, though. We like to eat in the FX lounge. She chooses Trunk Bay on St. John. Bone-white Caribbean beach. Palms tilting toward water the color of the sky. This is part of our imaginary past. Our honeymoon, I suppose. She keeps the temperature set at 29 degrees Celsius. Invisible fans waft a breeze laden with her own homemade brew of coconut oil, female pheromones, and brine. 
She's convinced that the way to a man's heart is through his nose. The floor looks like sand, except it doesn't sift between the toes. Where's the pity? Later we might spread the blanket and soak up some UV. Sometimes I wish she'd program the surround to show other people on the beach, but we're alone. Always alone. Other women kept staring at you. You were so handsome. And everyone knew you'd be famous someday. I didn't like the way you looked back. I wanted you to see me. Only me. Dear? Mm hmm? You're starting to burn. Come into the shade. It's early still. You want some lotion on your back? Maybe after breakfast we could take the sea kayaks out. I can't stay in the FX lounge for long. Wait! You've hardly touched your food. I want to relax, but I can't. I hear things, even over the ocean soundtrack. The hull creaks under the stress of whatever is outside. If I rest my head on the floor, I can feel the vibration of the ship in my molars. What's happening to you? Somewhere on board, a thermostat clicks, an event opens. What machine makes a sound like someone running? I have to get up and see. Either the ship or my imagination is haunted by Miss Farina. I can be her for you. Anyone you want. Where are you going? Wait. At, at least get dressed first. I've been working on a theory of my own. Say you're traveling at 299,792.46 kilometers per second, and for some unknown reason, you want to go faster. Uh, you would then exceed the speed of light propagated in a vacuum. But what if the universe does not yield up its absolute so easily? Y you attempt to accelerate beyond the reality's speed limit, C, to say C plus V, where V stands for the smallest, the most infinitesimal increment in velocity you can imagine, say an extra millimeter per nanosecond over the limit. However, mathematicians claim that there is still a little infinity lurking between C and C plus V, no matter what value you assign to V. What if it takes forever to achieve C plus V? To go faster than the speed of light? What if the speed of light is not a limit, but a kind of one-way trap? Once you cross over, you can never come back out. The revenge of reality. Or maybe it's God doing this. This is how he punishes people who break his laws. There is no God on this side. Except you. But that doesn't explain where everyone went. Well, maybe they realized what was happening. That we were trapped. So they step into the airlock, cycle through, and leap into eternity. All of them? What about you? I see them going one by one at first. Later in groups. They ask me. I can't bring myself to make the leap. Because I have you. <laughs> Obviously. I'm traumatized. I blank it out. And here I am, the last little Indian. Very dramatic. It fits you. You've always had a bigger ego than you cared to admit. <laughs> please, please, please don't go in there. It always upsets you. Typical day, my sweet. It's what I always do. 
This is the control room of a starship. The bridge between reason and the irrational. Not what you expected. Every surface here is a screen, just like in the FX. Yeah, I can black the entire room out or put on a light show of instrumentation. From here I can access the computer, view just about any corner of the ship, cook pizza for 51, fiddle with the internal gravity, even vacuum flush the toilets. If there was a god in this machine, this couch would be his throne. Once I cranked up the humidity until the air was just about saturated and then dropped the temperature 20 degrees in two minutes. My own rainstorm. <laughs> a one-time miracle, though. Hell of a mess. <laughs> you do get a little crazy in here. You know that, don't you? Unfortunately, while I can examine the inside of the ship in almost microscopic detail, I have no idea what's outside. Try the sensors, and what do we get? Blank screen. Here's external telemetry. Every readout is flat. It's maddening. I actually used to punch the walls after I brought this display mode up. <laughs> Just like that. The cursors jump into the red for a second before dropping back. Most of the time, I don't even know what's being measured. All I want is a reaction. Oh, it must have shaken them, the scientists and engineers and programmers. No data across eternity, nothing but the uneasy play of imagination. Well, it took a while, but I'm resigned to blindness now. Whatever's out there can't be observed from in here, at least so long as reason holds its tenuous sway. They told me it has something to do with Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, which I never really got. Supposedly, the only way to truly understand is to participate in the phenomenon, become one with the event itself. Well, maybe we should just stick our heads out the door, see for ourselves. You have activated an emergency airlock. That's right. The ship is not currently in an emergency condition. The captain must authorize any override of security checkpoints. Scan the ship. There is nobody else here but yours truly. So, by the power solemnly invested in me by me, I hereby authorize the override. Ship sensors cannot detect the external environment. Your override may compromise life support. Override. Unable to calculate pressure differential, the airlock may sustain damage. Override. Through the airlock, what do you say? The leap of faith. There's no way of knowing. <laughs>